Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Bravo Wild Black. And today we have every podcaster's favorite yes. guest, Samaj with an H. How the hell are so you, babes? Excited. Hi, Bravo Wild Black Nation. It's me, your problematic <laughs> fave, or soon to be problematic fave. Unclear where you stand with me now, but hopefully by the end of this show, you know where you stand. We actually want to start out with a Bravo Wild Black exclusive that we are so honored that Samaj chose us to, you know, let you guys know he is actually finally, after, you know, everyone tells him to come out with the freaking podcast, he's having a podcast. Please tell us everything that you can, or at least stick the tip in. Give us a little bit of a teaser. Okay, sure. So as you guys know, just like our sisters in arms over at Bravo headquarters, I can't tell you too much. You're going to have to watch what happens. Stay tuned. But I will tell you a few things. There will be music. There will be fun. There will be games. There will be questions. Maybe some tea. And definitely, obviously, there's going to be some Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. And Can you I tell us like the that. name of it? Um, yes. Okay. So it's going to be called the life and times of the tequila tycoon. It's me. I'm the tycoon. I love Okay. That. So please let me know if the tequila tycoon, is it a reference to tequila Katie or is it a reference to your obsession now with Lisa Barlow's the tequila <laughs> line? Let me know where, where the origin story of at least the title of your podcast Hi, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Um, so actually, I guess we could say um, those are elements of how we kind of got to that title. Because like Tequila Katie, I too have been an avid drinker, an active participant in spirits and libations, a good portion of my life as well. And in the last three, five years, I want to say, I've really taken my love to tequila from, you know, just you know baseline drinker to just really loving it looking up to how it's made what's in it how it goes how it gets in my shot glass to the bottle things of that nature and you know just like ramona anything i do i'm a maven i become an expert at it so i don't want to be just an expert i want to be a tycoon i want to learn it i want to do it i want to get in there so tequila tycoon was a culmination of all those things and then just my love for drinking is that a problem that's a question for my therapist but for now we're gonna roll with it Okay, I'm, so you heard it here, guys. The life and times yes. of the tequila tycoon, Mr. Samaj. We literally cannot wait to hear this freaking podcast. We have been blessed with, you know, an episode that will never see the daylight, just like we have an episode <laughs> of Bravo Wild Black that will never see the daylight. And it For the was, girls. It was so good, and, and we felt, like, so exclusive, and we're so proud of you. Can we, and can, can we you talk, please Can go we ahead. talk about the location as well? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so the location of that secret podcast was live from the Fantasy Suite trailer, The Steps at the La Quinta Inn. <laughs> My yeah, favorite it was, place. It was I completely bachelorette themed it was freaking hilarious it was and i did it with my friend lauren uh one of the girls one of the dolls one of the dimes from new york that's another big theme new york is gonna be a theme in my podcast so if you don't like new york you're gonna love it when you're done with it so it's fine amazing we love that so much well thank you for sharing that exclusive with us one last question about your podcast since you can't give away too much when can we expect a teaser of it 
Oh, well, thank you so much for respecting my privacy and my work as mm-hmm. an artiste. Uh, you know, we work really hard. We work really hard out here. Um, you telling me, child. <laughs> right. I mean, bravo while black. I mean, doing anything while black deserves an award in 2020. Oh, so, right. you know, but that's that's not a conversation we're going to have today. At least I think. Maybe. I don't know. But to answer your question <laughs> of when you can expect a little something, I might have a little something for you. Uh, let's say, I don't know, Valentine's Day. So what is that? February? Yeah. Check out. Check me out then. Oh, the romance. Okay. Well, there we go. So now we want to get into knowing Samaj. First of all, where did your love of Bravo start? Sure. So um, I have to give all thanks and praise to the head of my life and the head of Bravo, the true head, Miss Kathy Griffin. I started there, Life on the D-List, her stand-up specials. To me, when I first started, I associated that entire network with just Miss Kathy. And then, okay, so after Kathy, did you get into Real Housewives? Did you get into Vanderpump yeah. Rules? What, what, like, sucked you in and made Bravo, like, that network for you? Like your breakthrough show. Yeah, sure. your breakthrough show. So, actually, not in addition to being the anchor, Kathy also, like, just kept my interest. So, like, while, you know, her show evolved and its seasons, her show My Life on the D-List, her stand-up specials, whatever the network was doing, I was just, like, you know, vaguely aware of it. And then I want to say... I think I did miss the first season of Orange County, but definitely season two, if not three, I was in there. Cause I definitely remember, you know, having the whole Joe and Slade storyline. And I a hundred percent remember meeting Tamara and being a big Gina fan. I love Gina Keogh. Like she, she's one of my girls. We, we forget about her a lot, but I love Gina Keogh. So, you know, it would, let's say it went from Kathy to housewives. Uh, I think I was into project one way, you know, when it was Tim Gunn back in the day and I just kind of never left. Although I was, you know, hopping around from channel to channel. My rotation was MTV, VH1 and then, you know, Bravo. Cause yeah. I loved real world road rules, um, next room Raiders, parental control, boiling point, jackass, all those great shows at that time. And then VH1 were all there, you know, truly iconic, uh, historic uh, reality TV style dating shows, Rock of Love, Daisy of Love, I Love Money, all those fun things. My childhood just flashed before my eyes when you said <laughs> all those shows. I'm For like, sure. I remember many nights sitting on the floor watching Parental Control. And the crazy thing is that we ain't have no business watching any None of those of shows. None whatsoever. Elementary school, like, thugging. My mom was really like, that shit off. <laughs> and it definitely shaped my fucking characters and i and i loved it absolutely and i feel like you have to love housewives if you will enjoy that i think housewives was like oh shit like they got a show i mean (laughs) women and their families now like and their kids and all this stuff so um what are your favorite housewives you know we always have to ask our guests that yeah so before I even go there, disclaimer, this is a Teresa Judai Stan account. We will accept no slander, none whatsoever. There will be no negative thoughts, comments, or concerns addressed towards her, and especially not to me. So with that said, it is Teresa Judai. She is my favorite number one ultimate housewife. It, it is. It, it's Teresa. Like, there's, there's no question, no doubt. I am a tree hugger. No that for, for future fans of the life and times of the te- tequila tycoon, you will have no slander on his show. But for Bravo Wild Black, you can say what you want. <laughs> but yes, okay. So after Teresa, I want to know like your top three. Name two more. Sure. Okay. Uh, do you mind if I do top five? 
Yeah, hell yeah. That's okay. even more content. Wait, All let's right, go. great. So we've got obviously Teresa Judice. We've got Vicky Gumbelson, because again, she's the number one. She's just such a pillar. She she is housewives. So we've got Vicky, we've got Teresa. Um, swinging over to New York. I'm gonna give it to Bethany because again, just Wow, Bethany, hear, wow. You hear the name and you what do you think? Housewives. That's another quintessential. Been going down a little further. We've got Karen Huger. I know, I know she's new, they've only been on for five years, but she has totally solidified a place in my heart. And I am a stout, diehard supporter of <laughs> rounding out my top five has to be, sorry guys, but I got to say Leanne Locken. Woo. Well, I mean, everyone has Samaj, their favorites. That is very problematic. Like I must say. <laughs> Hi, you know I'm me. I have, do you, I do have you know my, me? I have my problematic faves, so for sure. that's fun. But I just you love know. how open you are about it, and that's what exactly. you know. That's what Bravo Wild Black is is for, to be honest, and yeah, to, to respect people's own. opinion, but not respect, you know, their actions. problematicity. Yes. Yeah, their actions. Yes, okay, so guys. What's, what's your favorite franchise? Jersey. Is that even a question? <laughs> And then go on and give us the no. We're gonna do top three for franchises since okay. there's not that many. So sure. you know, top so, three. So Jersey, New York, and then earlier, early, early Orange County because I cannot say about right now with today's Orange County. It is I don't know her. What is? Yeah, that? I mean we don't. What is this, honey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then you're top three bravo shows first would be jersey because of Teresa. i already know that Correct. but what's your other two it is summer house and then gonna give it to i'm gonna give it to marriage and medicine because they're underrated and while i did not always watch them from the beginning once i did start watching i made yeah. sure not to miss it again yeah. yeah oh my god me and you are literally on the same <laughs> same same i was telling kia for a while now you know because she introduced me to a few shows but married to medicine i was like hey you gotta check this shit out because yeah these he women sure are did. going off and yes. they're doctors and they're showing each other in a great light i feel like the when i first seen that the friendships were so genuine too mm-hmm. it was like the first time i'm like okay we're we our people are actually on our shit and giving us some good yes. ass content. Quickly so, becomes appointment TV. Once Kaya seen, she was like, "Wow, I'm wow!" Sorry. Like, yeah, it's just like, what have I been doing with my life? Absolutely, and I'm so ready for the next season to come. Even though mm-hmm. I heard, you know, Heavenly isn't going to be there, and not Heavenly, uh, Heavenly is definitely going to be there. Mariah isn't going to be there. Also, I want to send my sincerest condolences to Quad. Yes. Oh. You know, her brother passed away that he was on oh, the no. show. Rest in peace, baby. So yeah, it was so sad. Praying for Miss Quad. Love you. God you bless it. your you family. Yes, you still got it, Miss Quad. You still, she'll always have it. Oh my she God. Always. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Housewives of Dallas. Yeah, what we're going to do is since we... Okay, it wasn't originally supposed to premiere in January, but Bravo was just like here. And they gave it to us literally on <laughs> New Year's Eve. We were busy doing our happy hour with our Patreon premiere. So much um, fun. Join the Patreon, guys. 
Yes, Samaj is a Patreon premiere subscriber. We literally had our wine. We, it was no holes barred. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> and we didn't get to watch Real Housewives of Dallas. I will be, you know, we will be covering it and watching it. Maybe not as much as the other shows, but, you know, we will. But I heard kind of what happened, and I do have a statement. But what we want to do is have Samaj <laughs> just, you know, from Go Samaj's off. point of view... Tell us about you last, well, you know, the other night's Real Housewives of Dallas, the premiere episode. Please let us know. Give us the rundown. Give us your opinion. Everything. Absolutely. So to start, to boot, just like Kaya was saying right now, Bravo all of a sudden just threw that and said, here, take it. There you go. Which was troublesome. That raised my red flag already. And they all, all the ladies, they all tweeted you know, don't sleep on Dallas. What does that tell you? Why are you raising Justin to me that I not sleep on your franchise if it's as good as Andrew likes to say it is all the time with every show and every season? Neither here nor there, but I was already skeptical. But you know what? Let me give it a chance. It's a new year, time to be open, time to give people second chances. And that's what I did for all about five minutes. Now, as far as premieres go, it was a good premiere. Uh, we really do get to see everyone in the thick of COVID, in the thick of COVID, in the heat of COVID. Sorry. So um, that was nice to see because while we had previously seen it kind of starting with you know uh, Southern Charm, we got to see them deal with it a little bit. Beverly Hills touched on COVID a little bit. So, you know, it was kind of almost as if like we got it before or like when COVID was kind of fresh, but Dallas starts you in the, in the, in the thick of it. So we open with uh, Cameron. We start at Cameron's house and it's a pretty long scene. She's talking about, you know, having the kids at home. Uh, We see her in the kitchen, making him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which is really cute. And then um, we, we find out, we start learning about her dog, Louie, you know, her dog, little Louie from last season, Louis Vuitton. Um, he died. He passed away. What? Yeah. So we start. We start out pretty heavy, guys. Some serious stuff here. Louis Not died. Really. And Cameron, she said she was so upset and devastated, specifically because. Spoiler alert. So, guys, if you don't want too much information, you know, just just pause this for a second. Go get a drink. Get a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Cameron's very upset because she was in New York when this happened. And um, she told court, like, hey, before you leave, make sure, you know, Louis gets his medicine, make sure he's straight. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. And obviously we find out he did not make sure Louis was straight. He forgot to give him his medicine. And when court had came home later that night, little Louis was lifeless. That little man killed Louis? Mm-hmm, sure did. And Cameron's like... Nothing about no dogs. <laughs> It's so bad. Cameron's like, I felt like court just didn't care at all. And she's like, I was mad at him for a long time. She's like, I had to tell my therapist that, you know, I'm really mad at my husband and I don't think he cares. So we, we see some struggles there, but um, Cameron, I think this season might be a big Cameron season because that opening scene with her lasted for about a good, I want to say four, six minutes. So basically like what would be like a scene and a half with two housewives that you would have, it was Mm -hmm. one big camera scene so cameron opens the show um then i believe we move over to stephanie who is uh doing a pool party for her kids pause uh, wait okay (laughs) i just wanted to know do they address the absence of leanne Locken? yes and no 
Yes and no. Um, that comes later in the episode, but okay. So you'll tell us about it later. Yeah, it's more All like right, a so throwaway comment. So we so we catch up with Stephanie. She's doing a pool party for the kids, and mm-hmm. so she's like, "So COVID, right? Crazy stuff." She's like, um, "You know, uh, sometimes uh, we wear masks, sometimes we don't." She's like, "We're getting tested every week, so don't come at us." She's like, "Don't tweet us." She literally says, "Don't tweet us," and I'm like, um, "No, stop right there. We will tweet you." And we are going to comment if you're wearing a mask or not. I don't care you're getting tested every day. Like, yeah, I get it. Great. Thanks. I, I appreciate you, you know, showing up to, you know, test yourself and do this show for us with maybe not mask all the time. But at the same time, don't tell us not to tweet you, girl. Like, this is your job. Your job is... And all the irony because of the amount of housewives that have had COVID. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, it's Dallas. Like, guys, remember where we are. Remember how this state voted. Um, keep that in mind when, uh, when you hear the words that are coming out of these ladies' mouths. Um, so then we move on to Brandy. And it opens immediately with her, you know, crying and... Her saying, oh, you know, she's like, this summer has been the hardest summer of my life. She's like, I want it to kill myself. She's like. Hard time, guys. Like, I really had, a, I really struggled. She's like, I want it to, you know, not, not be here anymore. And while that's awful, you know, people should never, you know, feel like they should have to end their life unnecessarily or, you know, be so depressed that they have those thoughts. Let's also just not be racist. Um, moving along, so then we go to. So DeAndre. this was after after her um, rehab for racism stint. I mean, who knew it existed, right? But yes, this was after she went to rehab for racism. And that's just, all I'll say. Just another perk of right of white privilege. Um, then we have a lighter note. We go to uh, Dandruff. Uh, sorry, Deandra's house, and <laughs> Dandruff. Uh, we are welcomed <laughs> to her and Mama D who we love, 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 love to see Mama Dia. I never thought I'd be so relieved to see, you know, 50-year-old white woman with short hair. But here I am. So She's happy. She's in her, like, 70s, I think, also. 70s. <laughs> oh, my God. Even better. You know, I forget it. Mama Dia, she's timeless. Timeless mm-hmm. woman. And this is Don to Don. This is our entry point to Dr. Moon because this is Deandra's friend. And oh. Deandra knows her because... Mama D had been going to her for years. She said, this is one of the best anesthesiologists in, in Texas that I know. You'll love her. <laughs> and Deandra tells us in a confession, she's like, so uh, Tiffany is like, you know, uh, another daughter for my mother, except, uh, you know, she's she's just a skinnier one. So maybe my mom likes her a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, but also sad because it's like, damn, you know, the, you know, the hurt, the emotional damage that Mama Diaz cause runs deep because if you guys have been watching the, these seasons, um, Deandra has literally vied for her mother's attention her entire life and had to basically physically fight her over getting the business, you know, held over in her hands. And once she got the business, she found out that the business is basically tanking on its own. So she had to revamp the family business, and it it was a shitty situation. So go ahead. Yeah, poor Deandra. Um, mm-hmm. So we do have a nice scene of Deandra, Mama D, and Tiffany having lunch, uh, you know, catching each other up on each other's lives and really kind of giving an intro to Tiffany, Dr. Moon. I'm sorry, I, I have to correct myself. That's Dr. Moon. I will address her correctly. Yeah. And uh, we kind of get an idea of, like, you know, who she is and how she's going to fit into this group, which is going to be by way of Deandra and Mama D. So that's cute. We have that. Then moving right along, we circle back 
to Stephanie and Brandy. And it's the kids having a pool party, which is cute. Uh, Stephanie sets up a slip inside in the backyard. You see her like with the hose and everything like that. And they're slipping inside. And so we have a cute little montage of Brandy and Stephanie doing the slip inside. It's fun. It's cute. Summertime, it's hot. And then we roll over to a little fireside chat with Brandy and Stephanie and uh, talking about uh, Brandy's (laughs) Brandy's difficult summer. and Her difficult summer. Yeah. And... uh, Stephanie's face is like, oh, you know what? She's like, I know you. I love you. She's like, it's one mistake. It's, you know, this one mistake should not ruin your life. It is not defining you as a person. She's like, I believe you. It's okay. I got you. Basically just, you know, uh, coddling her and letting her know your racism is fine. It's okay. No one cares. But actually, we all care. But, you know, I'm not expecting Stephanie to be so aware. Starting her first scene with saying, listen, sometimes we're mad. Sometimes we don't. Don't tweet me about it. So, again, you can already tell the ship is sinking. But, again, as far as the premiere, I do like it. Um, I do like the focus on the individual scenes because usually it's, like, a very quick cutaway. It's, like, one or two lines on other shows, like Beverly Hills, Roni. It's one little scene. But these are, like, no, like, full scenes of them at home doing whatever they're doing. And so, yeah. Okay, so tell me about how they handle, like, does Tiffany confront Brandy? And I heard you know from through the grapevine that d'angelo was trying to like defend brandy what was the situation with the whole you know scandal of brandy making fun of asian people sure so i believe in someone out there correct me if i'm wrong i want to say it was a party at i want to say carrie's house or if not carrie's house it was stephanie's house where they all had like a, a backyard barbecue kind of pool party right mm-hmm. and so um it cuts to either before the party starts or like during it we cut to carrie's first confessional and it's her saying you know i forget brandy you know she's like everyone deserves a second chance and i was thinking i'm like uh excuse me uh, everyone deserves me? a who, second chance who forgives brandy carrie <laughs> carrie Harry, another white woman, yes. The the one who, you know, Leanne is no longer there for being extremely racist towards her. She's decided to forgive Brandy. Although she is not nothing to do with her. (laughs) She is not of Asian descent. So she's decided to I guess because she is the quote unquote ethnic one of the group, you know, she felt the need to forgive Brandy, which was absolutely I will say it again. It's not her place. It's not even my black ass place. No, it's not our place at all. No, the place of the Asian community, whether they want to forgive her or not. And, and it's their place to speak on, you know, you know what she can do better and what she should have done and how she should have handled it and going forward, what she should do. Uh, That's definitely why Dallas is definitely not on the top of the list. They absolutely did no. it terribly. And I also feel like they um well, okay, tell me, does Dr. Moon address it? Then I'll give you my other thoughts. So she addresses it in her confessional and then she starts to address it directly to Brady towards the end of the episode, and that's our big to be continued. However, okay. I do wanna um answer your question. How the hell are you saying this when you sat here and just shun Leanne and sent her to the pits of hell, right? So thank God a producer says. So how is this different from um, you last year with um, Leanne? And Carrie goes, how is this different? She's like, well, it's different because Leanne was not sorry. But I'm sorry, did Leanne, I'm sorry, did Leanne not apologize to you on stage? 
at the reunion last year. I'm pretty sure she did. So for you to sit there and be like, oh, it's different. You know, she never apologized. Carrie, girl, Carrie. And let's also not forget that um, we heard recently on Vanilla That Pop, we love those guys over there, Donnie, Quinn, Anthony. Um, We heard from Leanne herself over there that in January of last year, Carrie texted Leanne and said, hey, I'm so sorry. You know, like they, the producers told me in Mexico to literally, they sent me a text saying, go fight with Leanne. She's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I really didn't mean for it to play out this way. So really, Carrie, you don't even care because again, while your ethnicity is, you know, Mexican, like she says, your race, Carrie, you are a white woman. You are a white presenting woman. So you're just all over the place, really in my eyes. But you know, again, she is, she, she, she is a woman of color by the books so you know she's entitled to her to her say on it yes she's entitled to her say on the leanne thing but she's not entitled to her say on the brandy thing so i think we could put a bow on dallas until the next episode where we hear how dr moon handles it and how brandy handles it and that's all about you know real housewives of dallas if you guys have a different opinion you want to talk about it dm us leave a comment and um yeah, yeah so <laughs> dallas one more thing over. bro with dallas um so last thing i'll say for dallas is um it was a good premiere and they can do better however i did concoct a little apology for Brandy that she could possibly give to Dr. Moon. It'd be much better, far better, leaps and bounds than the one she gave to us on camera. So that apology reads as follows. Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Moon, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that I was a piece of shit and sat there, took out my phone, and made the decision to belittle and mock a race that I know nothing about other than the stereotypes I have seen and under the guise of comedy for what I thought was funny. I knew it was wrong then. I know it's wrong now. And while I thought it was funny, I see very clearly that it is not funny. And I hope that you can accept my apology and possibly allow me the space, chance, and opportunity to show you I am not that girl. And I'll I'll say that on that. And you know what? I feel like that is definitely a proper yes. apology. And I feel like Dr. Moon will be able to feel however the hell she wants to feel about that because she's the only one on the cast who should be giving her thoughts on it. And we'll stick a pin in it. And that's Dallas for this week. And, you know, that's it. We're moving on. And we're doing something a little bit different that we don't really do on Bravo while Black. I'm pretty excited. You know, always trying to try new things. It's a new year, honey. Um, (laughs) We are going to start doing a little bit of little mo gossip and a little mo tea mm. but not too deep into it because you know bravo while black that's definitely not our brand we don't like malicious things. we're not we don't messy like, yeah we're no. not messy we're not yeah. into the drama too much especially yeah. when it comes to like serious things but we do want to have maybe like a hot topics portion a wendy williams-esque portion where we bring up a hot topic that's going how on. you doing yeah how you doing with bravo and we'll just give our thoughts on it um you know we're going to try to make this like a regular thing not too regular maybe once a month or once every few weeks who knows we'll see you know you'll be along on the journey with us so our first hot topic is definitely going to be erica jane and this whole (laughs) lawsuit this whole trisha Mm -hmm. a bigelow situation Mm -hmm. What I am going to tell you is like the latest on everything. As you know, 
Tom, well, first of all, Erica Jane thought that she was going to fly under the radar and announce that she was divorcing Tom on voting day. On voting day. (laughs) She thought like, oh, no one cares about little Erica Jane. Everyone cares about, you know, whether we're going to have the dictator or, you know, Joe as a president. And no, of course, the Bravo fanverse actually paid a little bit more attention to Erica Jane's situation than, you know, the election. Because the election was a, yeah. It was a a smart move. I mean, like, was it? (laughs) It I thought it was. I thought it was kind of sneaky. Like before it actually, you know, spun out. I think it would have worked had we had the election results the night of the election. But since it became so messy and like a multi-week process that (laughs) Trump is still fighting on for some reason. She was like, well, there goes my fucking problem. So we went back and paid extra attention to it. And Tom is being like sued boots down. And, you know, he has all these excuses. There was like a a freaking voicemail of his that came out. It was insane. Um, And then someone is accusing them of embezzlement. Embezzlement? embezzled embezzled i'm not talking about robin's hats i'm talking about fraud embellished (laughs) (laughs) uh so so far you know he's being sued boots down they're coming out saying that the divorce is them embezzling money because you know erica was allegedly listed as a secretary (laughs) i don't know too much about it but i talked to a lawyer that follows us and basically Mm. erica is in some deep shit so to throw the scent off of her trail she released text messages that seem to be from the 20th century um (laughs) between trisha a bigelow and her man you know trisha is talking about a plastic surgeon she might be wanting to get her some new titties or you know a bbl i don't know what happened (laughs) but apparently tom girardi was you know giving some money to miss trisha a bigelow she posted and deleted it but not before literally the entire bravo verse took the screenshots, made the best memes I've seen in quite some time. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Put it on t-shirt <laughs> and everything. Um, and the latest information is that allegedly Erica is going to be mentioning it all on Beverly Hills. And my opinion is that she's actually not going to be mentioning it all. She's Absolutely going to not. address her divorce. She's going to make it seem like it's because he was cheating. And then she's going to say that I can't talk about it too much because it's a legal process. Like everyone else does like everyone when they get in on that show. Everyone but on the that latest show. headline is that she's literally quote unquote done protecting Tom Girardi and uh, viewers are going to hear the other housewives thoughts on it. She's going to tell her story and she's not going to hold back according to US Weekly honey. Um, and Lisa Renna. <laughs> Because yeah, she commented um, on Instagram, you better believe we're going to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. And that's who they say that. Um, Why is Lisa Rinna already <laughs> She's her alleged biggest supporter, honey. And also, I don't know if you guys um, peeped because this kind of went under the radar. 
Miss Trisha A. Bigelow got her an attorney and the attorney kind of sent sort of like a cease and desist and was like, keep Trisha's name out of your fucking mouth. My motherfucking mouth. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, we don't want to tarnish the brand. I mean, Bigelow Tees is one of my favorite teas. I don't want to get, <laughs> get it mixed know, in with Trisha and all this. Erica is really giving me life after lockup or love after lockup with this shit. Like, <laughs> Not love after lockup vibes. It is, because it's like... Do you think that people are just going to not pay attention to this and not know the game that you're trying to, like, run? What people are saying is that this is the first time, quite possibly the first time, period, that Erica has a real storyline. So this is... <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take this, it. This is the thing. Like, I want to fucking know. Like, I, I want to know take everything. It. And I hope that she is able to open up, even if it's just about the divorce part. I'm very interested as to what she's going to sell as a divorce. And I'm very interested, is is it going to make me believe that she really wanted to divorce this 80-year-old man after sticking mm. with him for but so this, many years? This is also why Bravo TV is just, like, amazing. And amazing for mm-hmm. situations like this, because... If it's legal, they don't want you to speak on that shit. They're like, right, sure. And yeah, and like, like still I'm want in you love with that. I love that. Or we don't know her. We don't like her. I don't want to talk about it like that anyway. Oh my god! What I love <laughs> is that how like Oh No Bravo. You know, shout out to Oh No Bravo. She always says, "Yes, Chelsea." <laughs> um, so we may watch stupid shows, but we're not stupid people. And that's right. just a testament because, Kyra, you were literally just saying you consulted your lawyer friend. First of all, shout out to all the lawyer friends. Everyone has a lawyer yeah. friend. Ryan <laughs> Bailey had a lawyer friend. Jess from right. Hot Tips does have a lawyer friend. And all and all you smart people with all your smart lawyer friends came out here and broke <laughs> for us. And we basically all concluded and were able to figure out that uh, this is serious. This is not joke. This is not reality TV fire. Yeah. Like, Erica was listed as a chief officer in Tom's business. A so, secretary, which is, right. like, it's not like she was shuffling papers. <laughs> that means, like, a lot more than exactly. you think it would mean. <laughs> she clocked in. There's records. There's a timesheet for, for, for Erica Jane. Yeah. And basically what this leads to, I mean, we could be looking at another, you know, Teresa and Joe situation where someone is going to jail. You know, as Kim D said, clink, clink, bitch. You know, like, <laughs> the courts, <laughs> the, the courts are watching. You're going to jail. The, <laughs> the bar is so punny. You might want to help your husband with it. The latest information um, is that she's completely in disbelief and that she's actually finding out about a lot of the legal stuff through the press before her lawyers even tell her fucking Us Weekly and People Magazine and all these other people it. are literally beating her to it. And she's like, I can't even imagine like finding out through an article that my ex-husband slash husband is literally in some deep shit and made me be in some deep shit but at the same time it's like did he make her is she completely clueless like what is the situation because this is kind of different from well it is different from karen like you know karen and their tax situation i kind of believe that you know she didn't really know that they were down in the dumps with the taxes and right. this is, that was just taxes this is literally a case where this dude was taking money from plane crash victims. Like this is so much more serious and it seems it it doesn't look good for Erica. Like at all. It doesn't, it doesn't sound good either. It doesn't sound (laughs) good. It doesn't look good. Um, If I was her, I would just be like, listen, that wasn't me that clocked in. (laughs) 
I don't know who they had come in there and say their name was Erica Jane, but it definitely was not me. I was in the clubhouse. I would honestly just keep screaming embezzled. (laughs) Embezzled. He cheated on me. He cheated on me. Embezzlement. Your Honor, this is embezzlement. He cheated on me. He lied. He hired somebody that resembled me. Yeah. You know, he likes the blondes. And he he brought him into the office. They lied. They said it was me. It was not me. Poor girl. I mean, I'm sure she'll be fine at the end of the day because she's a smart girl. So I almost kind of find it hard to believe that she really has no clue because if you read her book, which I did, um, you know, she tells us how, you know, she grew up and she was always like involved in acting, entertainment, plays, booking herself gigs and jobs. So I feel like at some point in booking a gig or a job in entertainment, there was a contract coming away and she probably read to make sure she wasn't getting ripped off. And, you know, she like hustled and lived in New York, lived in New York for years, which, you know, I'm sure again, yeah, she's a scrappy you signed, girl. She's right. Smart. You signed a leasing agreement you you signed a writer's agreement you know you had to buy equipment so i feel like uh there's no way she's completely in the dark she she's not like some of these wives that are truly just housewives like you know everything revolves around the husband and they just now happen to have a platform no erica was already doing stuff before so i don't i don't believe she's completely in the dark yeah i don't either unfortunately but the thing is like all jokes aside since i've seen that this is such a serious uh situation i don't want her to go to jail unless they can prove that she was aware of you know them spending those plane crash victims money like if she knew about that then there's no excuse but if she was genuinely like she didn't know how deep they were then i don't think that she should be doing jail time Yeah, yeah so and i don't know how they would be even able to find that out um but we'll we'll see how that's <laughs> well, well you know they're combing it through with a fine tooth comb honey they'll oh, yeah. find it out because for this sure. is serious this is a serious we'll see like how that goes and, know, and now thing. i'll hold my tongue for then and then once once we find out i'll let it you know we'll have to watch what happens right you know you know that'll happen so i also want to talk about this robin <laughs> yeah that's our next hot topic is there's rumors that Mm. you know as you guys know uh miss monique fan favorite monique she has decided that she will not be coming back but what we're hearing is that um everyone but robin may have gotten a contract i don't think that (laughs) not robin i don't not hood rich robin i don't think that i believe that you know she's getting fired but it's because she just recently got you know re-engaged and right. that she's allegedly building a house from the ground up and she is also having a wedding so this is again i'm sorry this is for the first time that robin actually has a storyline <laughs> like, like karen said you know robin i like her to have this moment because she doesn't get a lot of moments there's not many um and you guys actually just broke this news to me i was not aware of the rumor that uh miss dixon may have been fired but <laughs> What I will say is, um, this is not allowed. We cannot do this. Uh, Robin just had the best <laughs> season ever. She was my personal MVP. First time on my radar. She's now officially a Hoodbridge girl. All these tax problems, all the looks she's busting out, her presence. You know, just like Dorit. Dorit's our Hoodbridge girl from the rest, from, from the West. Our Hoodbridge girls are winning, and we are not going to take the shine away from them. So Dorit and Robin will be back, and I say that on good authority of my own. So I'm sorry, Robin, you can't do it. You must keep Robin and Dorit for at least one more season. There was a podcast that say that um, that it's ninety nine percent confirmed that Ryan, I mean Robin, might not be coming back. So, what do you think, Aaron? I'm not mad at that, and here's why. Because, 
she had a lot of shit to talk this season. Not so much about her taxes. Um, about everything else. Yeah, about everything else. But she never wants to address her issues. And other than that, what storyline? I would love. I really. And when I say this, I'm serious. Please explain to me why you feel that Robin should come back. In what storyline she would even have to offer I think other that- than being one's wife or wanting to marry one. I love a wedding. I don't know. Like, sue me. I love to see a wedding. <laughs> I love the wedding planning process. And also, I love to see, you know, if Toya can literally fucking have move <laughs> into a Toya. house every... No, no. You Let's talk me, about so it. I'm going to talk Bring about it. Up, it. Baby. Every season, Toya is moving into another house. And literally, you know what? That's fucking fine. That's what she does. So now, every season, we have Robin trying to move into a different house. But this time, she's building a house from the ground up, getting her taxes together, and she's um getting a wedding together. So, I want to see also, you know, more of Robin's, like, taste, too. Like, what kind of wedding would Robin have? Mm. Um, and her her sons are really hilarious. I, think I thought Robin, I expected Robin to come back, honestly. But hearing news like this, I can honestly say, I'm just saying, I'm not mad. Like, I'm not upset about this, especially bringing in Sharice. I know you would you would like this. Simone. You know what? I am so glad. I am so glad yeah, that Juan guys, Dixon is not here right now. I am so glad that Juan Dixon is not here. Not here right now. Okay. I want you and <laughs> stop talking about Robin. A, I want you and Samaj to have a moment of why you guys think that Sharice should be coming back. Shasha. Shasha. Yes. Uh, like the drama is good. She can hang out with them. I mean, I I just remember that read that she delivered to Ashley. Like I was scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good times, right? Good I was times. scared. I was like, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> excuse me. I would like to see her back, you know. And then on top of that, it would also be somebody for Wendy to kind of click with. I can kind of see that happening, maybe. Um, yeah. I also like Charisse. you know what I would accept Sharice back if she brings that alleged fireman that the she fireman. was dating. Not the fireman. Yeah. I want to oh, see the fireman that she was allegedly dating. I don't dating. think she I would can bring him. I, I think prefer she, she did it. I, I think that that should be in the contract language that you have to bring <laughs> I don't think the fireman back and you have to talk about it. Any alleged yes. partners must be present with you upon your return. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Sharice isn't coming back if it's up to that. So, <laughs> but we're going to have to pick up where we, we stopped. Before so, okay, y'all sit here and try and slander my girl. He's not slandering her. I want her back. He her back. You know what? Um, murky waters over here, but let me just say this Potomac yes. was built around Sharice. Okay, yeah. originally they had asked her to do Housewives of DC, but at that time she felt it wasn't right, it wasn't for her. So let that be known. So, really, all all stems of the DMV go back to Sharice. Sharice is Potomac, so let that be known, and then. You know, for the time she was on as a full-time wife, she gave us everything. She gave us the opulence, that big-ass fucking house, uh, the champagne room, um, an entire room dedicated to you and your libations of choice. Um, who, who else is doing that? I'm not sure. And she gave it to the girls. And I love how Aaron said, you know, she got up uh, in Ashley's face because any day <laughs> someone is getting in the ass of Miss Ashley Roller Derby is a good day for me. Listen, that's you know what I can add. Gonna... You know, even though I'm not really, I, well, I just don't give a fuck who comes back and who doesn't really. But um, 
I do think that she made a good storyline when she was going through that shit with her husband because mm. her husband was definitely not into her at all. And, you know, I <laughs> oh was very into it. Like, I was very into that storyline of them breaking of course, up. Of and course. I would like to see her go through, like, a Cherise got her groove back yes. mode. And she that'd be amazing. Maybe Okay, if only if we can see a Cherise versus Karen, too. Like, because Sharice versus Karen, listen, nobody can quite stand with Karen, but I feel like they're like kind of like the, they're like the moms in a sense of, of Housewives of Potomac. Like, as far as the etiquette, as far as Sharice, like, not, Sharice didn't necessarily take any of the other ladies under her wing, but she did no. you know, from time to time feel like she had some say in the group. I just feel like she can really stand with Karen. Clash you know, of the Titans, yeah. Not so much Giselle, because Giselle has all this other shit going on, even if she is moved into a, a new cottage house. Um, no, I just feel like... <laughs> not a cottage house. Charisse and... Cottage court. They, they match up well together. Yeah, that, would, that really would be the battle of the Grand Dames. For I'd real. be here for that. Um, imagine the reunion. And then and then we don't have to hear much from Giselle, like and all the skeletons. You know, you know those two; they know where the bodies are buried for each other, and then maybe just about the city itself, because like they have been there. They they have been pillars for sure. And I and I also want to bring this up because I feel like this is a full circle thing. If they bring back a Sharice and then Robin leaves, that leaves Giselle, you know, by herself. So mm. how can she be messy if she has no Robin? She's got Ashley. Ashley will gladly step in and fill that role. Because everyone wants to be a Green Eye Bandit. Do you think that Ashley would team up with Giselle? No, absolutely not. And that's why I don't mind. I don't mind Robin not coming back because I would like to see Giselle without someone who's automatically going to be on her side because this is the thing. Like, even when Robin didn't even say anything wrong. Robin was literally like, oh, you know, we never see Jamal. We do want to see Jamal. We want to go on a double date. And then Robin went back to the hotel room when they were on that trip and was like, oh, you weren't on my side. Like, I would love to see Giselle just on her two feet as Giselle, which she absolutely can do because yeah. Giselle's a strong woman. For but sure. I would like to see her without someone who's automatically going to always take her side. And you know what? I think I would I actually, think actually would fill in that role, though. Like because- Giselle more too by herself maybe but ashley you know she plays the game very well one thing i'll say about ashley great housewife like i think she knows that a the network loves giselle and that a lot of the fans love giselle so i think she might see it as an opportunity to you know link up with another strong player unless everyone collectively decides to turn it against giselle but maybe even then she might try and be the good friend and you know stick up for her even then so i if robin's gone i definitely see for sure ashley and giselle being uh you know mm-hmm. a pair or actually giving support to her while everyone's seemingly turning against her i think that you know what that's a possibility but what you just said you brought up a good point if everyone is going against giselle i think that we definitely saw you know we love the messiness of giselle but this season especially people you know fans she's not really a fan favorite i think that karen has taken the top spot as like you know the top housewife because of you know her reads at the reunion and even just during the season karen's confessionals and 
a lot of the things that Giselle said and did this season were just like it wasn't really like fun shade. I think that viewers are seeing <laughs> really mean. And it was like mean, yeah. <laughs> she was being mean. So I really think that Karen, feelings. Karen mm. has surpassed Giselle as like the top Potomac housewife. And For sure. you know, yeah. so we'll see what happens with that. But okay, now Salt Lake City is uh winding up for their <laughs> motherfucking reunion okay and we are seeing the girls go at it on social media but i want to start um by you know sending our good vibes out to whitney rose yes. because she recently did a q a and she revealed that they unfortunately don't know where her dad is and it's really sad because that's what happens when someone struggles with addiction like they do really well some days and then other days they're not doing well so she hasn't talked to her dad in a while he has not contacted her and she doesn't know where he is so i want to send good thoughts and prayers to whitney rose and you know that situation but on that note her and jen shaw have kind of been like going at it on social media um especially after the last episode because they're gearing up for the reunion and Whitney tweeted, does anyone notice how some of the housewives behave differently when their husbands are around? And she, and you know, most people believe that she was talking about Jen Shah, obviously, and including Jen Shah <laughs> thinks that she was talking about <laughs> Jen Shah. So Jen Shah posted on her story. She's like, why is someone always worried about and talking about everyone else's husband in marriage? Stay woke. We're not stupid. So we Love suddenly it. have we suddenly have a feud between Whitney and Jen. Anytime the word Salt Lake City comes up, Jen's ears just burn. Her God. She's like, what? Burning. What? Like, Salt Lake? Is it me? Who said it? Who said I, that? I stand for Jen, though. And, and me you, too. Um, especially with the with the subliminal Nicki Minaj shit. Yeah. No music. Beyonce. Here for, I do that shit all the time, all day. He no, does that constantly. See each other because a song, there's nothing that says more than a song. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. You could speak, mm-hmm. but play the, play the right song. So she but keep that in mind with that. And then on top of that, it's just like, I just didn't expect it to be Wendy and Jen, though. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you, Whitney and Jen. Yeah, it was. It's definitely random, and I don't. Is it because, um, you know, Whitney and Heather aren't really with Jen talking about Meredith? Is is that what they're feuding about, or is it something that we're gonna have to see play out more during the season? I'm believing it's something that we're gonna have to see play out because I just don't think it would be. But then again, you know what, with Jen, I Well, I because know. that's why I'm bringing it up, because also yeah. Meredith, you know, Meredith is like the classy one Meredith of the Marsh. bunch. She doesn't really like try to get her hands dirty. And what I saw her post was like a quote that says, don't let bitter, unhappy people drag you down to their level. Instead, use their behavior as an example of how not to behave and be grateful you are nothing like them. And I believe that that was sent Jen's way because, you know, Jen is the one that is trying to talk about this damn alleged affair that Meredith <laughs> was having, her, her side, oh, her side piece, okay? And I think that that was Meredith's subliminal way of talking about that. Mm. Well, let me just say this. I yes. love Jen. I appreciate her brand of friendship because what I understand it to be is, look, either you with me and you're riding for me or you're not. And that's fine. Just let me know so I know how to act with you. 
I respect that. Like, I love someone who's ten toes down, ride or die for you. If you if you if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. Like, and like, let's be friends. I hate a wishy washy friend. I, I hate a sometime fair weather friend. Like, Ivor, just tell me, are we friends? Or are we not? That makes sense. Exactly. But I mean, I, I I think that she definitely appreciates loyalty. But it's just it's a little bit too much for me. Like, I like it for Jen, but in my real life, I cannot handle that kind of like energy around me <laughs> it's like i don't want you to be fucking yelling at me <laughs> like just because i'm trying to you know keep things cool like you can be loyal but you can be loyal in a way that you know you're loyal to your main friend but you can be cordial with other friends and i feel like no one has done anything to jen to make her feel like you can't be friends with like you know, these people. But I like it for Jen because I think it makes her a perfect housewife that she's always on 10. And she's genuinely always on 10. Like, she's yeah. not, you know... All the wives say this is who she is. That's exactly who she is. And her husband tells you, tells you straight up that's who she is, too. Like, she's not putting it on for the camera. I'm going to call so Jen, Jen the demon slayer. <laughs> Jen the Love demon that. slayer. Because she's always fighting these demons. Always. <laughs> like... Always, even with the with the hospital comment, you know, and I just love it. That's what makes it so good, you know, because she always takes it a step too far. <laughs> you know what? And this is what makes a great housewife. And for anyone who's like, you know, kind of just watching, so like maybe just new to housewives, or maybe doesn't have like a point of reference for Jen. Think of Jen as you know, someone on Jersey. I mean, have to fight some Jersey about loyalty. So she's bringing that same energy to us. I mean, I am pretty sure she even tweeted back over the summer, you know, Teresa walked so Jen could run, which I think means we're going to have some glass smashing, it's maybe a table she's flip. she's going to flip a table. Yeah, Jen is yeah. going to flip a table, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, she takes me to – she – I feel like I'm watching Mob Wives when I see Jen come out. Yes. And I think that's what it really is. I love the that. first episode, I'm just like, is this Mob Wives? The violence. And I love that. We need I it. I love that. If I could bring Drita on, like – that's a whole nother conversation, but <laughs> that is Salt Lake City is is off to a good start, and I'm really excited for this reunion. I think Whitney's super sweet, so it's nice to see kind of like this confrontational side of her. I, I guess you could say, like she's not about the bullshit. I I do like that she speaks up. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what the full story is, but it's I'm happy to see her speaking up. I hope that she gets in contact with her dad and they can work that yeah. out. Because I love seeing her dad. And I, I can't finish yeah. that enough, too. Okay, so the last few topics I want to talk about are really quick. Um, Joe Judici, or do it, is it Judice or is it Judici? I prefer Judice. What do they say on the show? Because I've heard, I remember one time I watched what happens live, Andrew asked Teresa, what is your name? Is it Judice? Is it, is it Judice? She's like, uh, it's Judice, but you know, the Americans say Judice, oh. so that's fine. But she, but then even she said, she's like, but sometimes I change it myself. So she's like, you know, Ju- Judice is fine. That's like me. If you notice, it's like I'm Kaya and Kaya. <laughs> So, right. I mean, it's, it's tomato, tomato. Yeah. Mood forever. Um, okay. So <laughs> Joe, Judice, Judici, <laughs> Judis. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you're referencing the gin thing. <laughs> Not mood forever. <laughs> it's my mood forever and ever. Um, shout out Beyonce. Yeah. So he is 
thinking about running for president of Italy because of the way that they are handling the COVID pandemic. He feels that, you know, people, they they should have a better plan, one. And two, he feels that people should be able to work and how are people going to, you know, um, build their businesses if they have to keep closing down. And also his biggest thing is that he feels that since Italy is such a beautiful country and especially with tourism and everything, it should Mm -hmm. be much further than it is right now. So he wants to change those things. Do you see Joe (laughs) as the president of Italy? Let me just say this. You want someone who's strong, who's dependable, who's going to stick it out, who's going to see it through to the end. And I believe Joe is someone who can see it through to the end. He went through his, you know, court arrangements. I think, I think he copped to it, maybe unclear, but you know, who doesn't love a little mystery in the white house. And, uh, you know, he, he did his time. He, he faced the consequences. He did his sentencing. He survived ICE. He said it was like horrific time in the detention center. And now he's like, you know, actually rebuilding his life in, in Italy. So if you want someone who's going to stick it out and, you know, see it through to the end, I think Joe Judice is your man. So as a president, you see Joe Judice. For Italy, not for America, but for Italy, why not? Put your hat in the ring. <laughs> All right, and there you have it. Like you're the one, you're the only one of us who would be able to clearly answer that because I've only seen, you know, so much of New Jersey. I and, seen him in and if you if you ask me, I wouldn't have anyone who's been on Housewives as a president of any country. But Come on, it's, it's I trust I trust your judgment and you I know am what? the Jersey expert. So yes, thank you. So yeah, so you know, it's approved by Samaj, and that's it. And I feel like you know, I hope you don't regret saying this because you may have single-handedly made Joe president of Italy. Could we imagine? <laughs> it traces back I to me in this podcast. Imagine that. <laughs> and the last thing that I want to mention is just the COVID in housewives pandemic. Like girls from the OC had it. DeAndra Simmons of um you know in dallas had it and it's weird i mean obviously a couple people from new york i believe well right. maybe not a couple people but ramona beverly absolutely hills. had it yeah beverly hills has it and Atlanta. what do what do we feel about you know continuing the show when the pandemic is basically not at all not at all like even close to over yeah, so um, my first hope was that they would have just took the year off, maybe take the time as as a network to go back, sit down, watch the shows, see like you know like where they're at, see where they can go, maybe like you know read some comments on Twitter and the internet, and really like take a time to like retool and like fine tune these shows so that it's like a well oiled machine again, because so many shows could really use that you know time to just process, but they didn't choose it. So the show went on. Yeah. So while I appreciate that, I thank them for giving us the entertainment because Lord knows we needed it. I do right. hope that moving forward, if we are kind of continually stuck in this cycle of having it, not having it, it going away, getting better, that they that they take the time to stop and you know pause and really look at what they have so they can give us a better show. Cause I hate I I hate a factory situation where it's like, all right, you know, six months release, six months release, six months release. Like stop, like take a breath, look at the show. Like, what do you have here? So that's what I would like. I personally like, I like having the household. It feels, even though I don't like seeing masks on TV, I don't like hearing that anyone has COVID. I feel that compared to 
like Hollywood productions, I feel like movies and and TV shows, they have such a bigger like production that, you know, I want my housewives. Um, as long as they're being safe, I want them to stay strictly on the guidelines. You know, some of them clearly aren't, but you know, right. I feel that if you can have a movie production, then you can have little old housewives because that's something that's like getting me through the freaking pandemic and giving me something to talk about. And, you know, even mm-hmm. though we're not getting the best seasons due to having to go around those guidelines, I do think that we're still, it take it took us a while to get to where we had to go to, like we're addressing things that need to be addressed such as, you know, racism and, you know, privileged and, you know, politics and things like that. I don't know that without the pandemic that we would have had this shift on Bravo. Mm. So that's how I feel about it. Aaron, what do you feel about it? I absolutely agree. Um, I want Housewives to continue. I just want them to prop the damn cameras up in the corner and shit. (laughs) Like how we do on TLC and WeTV. Like, that's what I want. Because I feel like... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's how it should go. Like, we don't need all these glamorous confessionals and all these great, awesome mm-hmm. camera angles and shit like that. We don't need any of that. We just want to see some drama. And we want to hear somebody scream at somebody. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. Like, And I feel like they could start that drama at home. They don't need to leave their house. Um, they don't need to take their mask off if they leave their house <laughs> to talk shit. Not. Learn how to talk shit with your mask on. I agree. Because I sure have. And then wash wash your hands (laughs) and, you know, just do what you need to do. I think the problem is it's a lot of people that want to go to the events. They want to go see their friends. But no, if you are a housewife, you have to follow the guidelines. You can't be out and about doing all that shit. You know, enough is enough. And... That's how I feel about it. I just want everybody to remain as safe as possible, but the show must go on. And I absolutely agree. Well, Samaj, it was such a pleasure to have you on Bravo Wild Black. Um, you oh, know, thank we you. love you. Like we're yes. friends anyway. I love you guys. So it was just like just you know, literally talking to our friend finally made his way because you've been you're kind of a podcast slut like Chelsea. Like, you guys have been <laughs> on. <laughs> a few podcasts did you say a podcast work in the circuit slut? yes work in and the circuit and it's like work in the podcast poll when is it gonna be our turn beyond the podcast Chelsea? poll <laughs> i'm on and that podcast poll. and now we have samaj and especially because we got your exclusive um can you please tell the people where they can keep up with you at on social media Absolutely. So all of you lovely people, um, you can find me on Twitter at Samaj XCX and on Instagram at Samaj with an H. I will not spell that for you because my <laughs> lovely friends Kai and Aaron will put it in the episode description. So that's where you'll get it. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And that. what we need you guys to know is that our partnership with the dip is still going into the new year. Please use our updated code friends of BWB for 20% off of the dip subscription. And it comes with a free trial. I'm telling you guys, this publication is like no other. It's really for super fans of TV and definitely uh, check out the dip.com 
put in that code and you won't regret it. You get you get 20% off and a free subscription. You wow. get 20% off All and a free trial. That. Sign up. Like, what are you waiting exactly. on? Come on now. You guys gotta sign up. And actually, uh, keep a lookout for the Dips podcast. We recently guested on there and we will let you know when we'll be on the podcast. And we freaking love Kate Ward love and her. Allison. And we had such a great time. Yes. Also, you guys, you know, it's time for me to beg you to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Please give us a good review. And also subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We have so many things going on there, like our happy hour that we had just so on New fun. Year's Eve. We do it once a month. So Maj can tell you that the Patreon is definitely worth it. Guys, dig into your hearts, dig into your purses. And please support these beautiful black (laughs) podcasters because listen, just like Marion Cosby, we are not praying or potting over poor people. So let's go, let's get it together, (laughs) join the party, and let's have some fun, okay? (laughs) Well, you heard it from Samaj. What a way to end. We are out. Thank you. Thank you for coming through 2020 with us. (laughs) And we are into 2021 and beyond. Bye. Happy New Year, guys.